Hey there, welcome to A Dose of Grace. This is Grace Marin, your host. Let me kick us off by giving you an idea of what this podcast is all about. So I'm a nurse, a coach, and a writer, and my passion is listening to and amplifying those stories that connect, inspire, and the stories I'd like to highlight in this podcast are those folks who may or may not ever touch a patient, but very much a part of the healthcare team. As the saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. And so I'd like to think that it takes a village of compassionate and engaged healthcare teams to ensure patients are safe and comfortable. Podcast episodes include interviews with the often unseen and forgotten essential workers, who are also the heart and soul of every healthcare organization. I'd also like to pause and give a shout out to Kevin Broxton, who composed and produced the show tune that you're listening to in the background. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I do hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey there, this is Grace Marin. Welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to my good friend, Alan Kiros. I met him through an online healthcare support group during the pandemic, and he's by far the most compassionate man with the biggest heart. So I'm going to go ahead and let Alan take it away. Hey, good morning, Grace. Thanks for having me. Good morning, everyone. I'm a registered respiratory therapist in LA County. I'm very honored that Grace chose me to, to come on. I'm excited to be on and it's my day off work. So far, so good. Can't complain. That's awesome. Well, let me just start out with how long you've been a respiratory therapist and what called you or took you down this path into healthcare? Okay. So when I was a kid, I was always in the ER. I always had asthma attacks. Mm -hmm. I had bilateral pneumonia. I was one of those sick kids always at children hospitals. Mm -hmm. And I think I was intubated once. I was just a very sick kid. I was one of those kids that would always ask the respiratory therapist and the nurse, like, are you a doctor? Mm -hmm. Do you love your job? Do you get paid a lot? (laughs) How much do you get paid? So I was one of those like 10 year old kids. And as I got older, I just, I remember feeling so much gratitude when I would be helped by a nurse, respiratory therapist. And I just remember wanting to give back or wanting to do the same. So when I graduated high school, I became a ER tech. I became Mm -hmm. an EMT Mm -hmm. and I worked at a hospital. I was only like 18 And that's when I really, really want to get more involved than just being an EMT, which by all means, EMTs do a lot. So shout out to EMTs. Yeah. And I decided to go the respiratory therapy route just because I've always had uh, breathing problems, you know? Mm. So it's one of the best decisions I've ever made because I'm passionate about it. Right. So I tell my little brother, he's in nursing school. I told him, be a nurse, do this, do that. And he always tells me, well, why do you say be a nurse and you're a respiratory therapist? (laughs) You know, and I I, I guess because nurses have more avenues to go on Mm. opposed to respiratory therapists. We, we don't have that many avenues. I do plan on someday, hopefully becoming a physician assistant, Mm -hmm. but for now, I'm loving what I do. You know, if God forbid, if I would die today, I really loved what I did for a Mm -hmm. living. Mm. So that's how I got into respiratory therapy. It's kind of funny now. Every time I give a breathing treatment, it's it's deja vu, but I'm on the other side. Mm -hmm. It's like that that used to be me, but now I'm giving the treatments. I know everybody has a story and how people got to where they are now. And I think your story is right on point. You know, you took your childhood experience and then wanted to give back. I mean, 
how much better of a reason to choose a specific line of healthcare than that. My next question is around a good story, whether it was with a patient or whether it was with a colleague that really inspired you, something that made you feel good at the end of the day that you had that interaction. You probably have a ton of stories, right, Alan? Wow. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, should I, which should I choose from? <laughs> wow. So I'm also a, a neonatal respiratory therapist. I forgot to mention. Woohoo to NICU. <laughs> yeah. So I work in NICU a lot. One of the stories I guess I would have to say would be in NICU. I remember it was three in the morning and uh, the baby stopped breathing and the nurses were calling. We need RT, RT. And, uh, mm-hmm. I remember that the baby looked all white. It looked like the baby was gone. And uh, I ran and I began bagging the baby and shout out to, I guess I can say his name, shout out to Dre. One of my coworkers, he was freaking out. to give me a catheter, a uh, suction catheter, but it's three in the morning, he, adrenaline's high and he mm-hmm. passed me a uh, what we call little suckers, which is like the oral <laughs> suckers. Yes, yes. So I, re- I remember, I remember I screamed at him. I go, not this. And I threw it back at him. <laughs> and he looked, he looked at me so scared. <laughs> so he passed me the correct um, size. <clears throat> and I suctioned the baby and I began bagging, suction, bagging, suction, bagging. Mm-hmm. And little by little, the baby began opening its eyes. The saturation was at five in the beginning and it went up to 70. The adrenaline was so high that the baby made it and I was sweating. Mm. I, I remember bagging the baby and the sweat falling off from my forehead and hitting my nose or my lip. Wow. So the baby ended up making it. And I remember a lot of neonatologists were there and the house supervisor was there. And the house supervisor, after this was done, she came up to me. She goes, can I have a word with you? And, you know, if you know RT and RN relationships, it's kind of a love and hate relationship. And I go, here we go. She's going to point out things I did wrong. Here we go. (laughs) So she takes me into a room. So she's a, a nursing manager for the entire hospital right and she goes you know what alan when i saw you doing cpr and bagging and doing everything you could i i I just i felt like it was a lost cause that baby is lifeless there's no way that baby's coming back Mm. seeing you not give up and the baby Mm. is now intubated and stable yeah i just want to say good job wow good job she goes because when i saw you working on that baby I had no doubt in my mind that baby Mm. was lifeless and Mm. all hope was lost. I Mm. I had no doubt. Not that she's being negative. I understand. You know why I understand? Because I felt the same. Mm. When I was working on the baby, I'm like, there's no way I Mm. I can save this baby's life. There's no Mm. way. The baby opened his eyes, got intubated. And I remember telling the neonatologist, thank you for coming. Thank you for Mm. coming. Because we we woke them up, you know, 3 (laughs) a.m. And I remember the neonatologist saying, why are you thanking me? She goes, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> you know, uh, she goes, all I did was watch you work. Yeah. And, I, and in my head, I was like, man, that's mm. true. <laughs> so it was a beautiful moment because the next day the parents came. Mm. And it was just beautiful seeing the parents with the infant that I thought was not going to make it. And the mm. baby ended up getting extubated, ended up going home. Wow. And it's just such a beautiful story of how us healthcare workers, nurses, respiratory therapists, doctors make a difference. You yeah. know, we really, we really do make a difference. So that was just a story I will never forget. Well, you know, the beauty of that story is that 
people didn't seem, at least from what you're telling me, push you aside to say you're just the respiratory therapist, but actually stepped aside so you could do your job well. And you brought that baby back to life. You gave that baby back to their parents. To what degree they'll ever appreciate that they could never appreciate because they've never been there. And wow, that's a huge story. I love it. Yeah. I love all of it. Yeah, I think for me, what really touches me is the fact that I think for a lot of healthcare workers, mm-hmm. a lot of what we do goes unnoticed. And I think it felt so good to have the nursing manager mm-hmm. not just notice me, but acknowledge me and say, hey, I don't think that baby would have been here if it wasn't for you. Yeah. So that, so after she told me that, it really felt like validation, sort of like, wow, it felt nice to be not just recognized, just notice for the mm-hmm. hard work that yes. goes like your podcast, like you said, mm-hmm. that goes unseen. Yes. Yes. You know, and uh, yeah, that really touched me on that. Ne- I'll never forget what she told me. And I, I still see this house supervisor, <laughs> man, she's such a good manager because I think that's what nursing managers need to do. Of course, you got to discipline and reprimand people who do wrong mm-hmm. but what mm-hmm. but what about when they do excellent mm-hmm. what what about when they save a life 100 percent. You, you know i think we get too too comfortable with well that's your job yeah you know i had someone tell me that the other day well that's your job mm-hmm. I mean, not everyone can save a life okay mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. it does not always happen Exactly right. That was one of my favorite stories. That's a really perfect example of not only what you do and the seriousness of what (laughs) respiratory therapy does. I was a NICU nurse as well for over 20 years and respiratory therapy and us, we worked hand in hand. And I'd like to just be really honest and vulnerable with you that there were times when people I worked with who were respiratory therapists that I didn't really respect very much, not because they were respiratory therapy, more because I just didn't know what they did. And hearing this story from you and hearing it from your angle, I I want to apologize from nursing as a whole, (laughs) to respiratory as a whole, publicly here, (laughs) that in ways that nursing diminishes respiratory therapy's role in healthcare. Yeah, it's not all nurses. I will say that it's not all nurses. I know, I know. And you know, it's not about the discipline. It's really about the person because you can diminish anybody if you're lower status, if you will, in healthcare. So yeah, that's a perfect story. If I could ask you just to wrap up first (laughs) podcast, what is something you do to keep yourself engaged? As a respiratory therapist, I'm not going to get too too into it but during mm-hmm. covid was one of the worst times for respiratory therapists for all healthcare for all of us sure yeah but i i started having panic attacks after work and it was one of the most difficult times to go to work i i had a co-workers of mine who passed away by getting infected and i saw many 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 people die in mm. case anyone thinks covid is not real it's real so what i'm gonna share is during that time what helped me was the group I met Grayson. It's a a Zoom healthcare worker group and having people that were also in healthcare that understood Mm. the situation and Mm. understood what I do. And, you know, shout out to Ray. We had Ray Huang, a doctor Mm. there. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome talking to you, Grace. That Mm -hmm. really made me feel like I wasn't alone. So what I like to do Mm. is surround myself with like-minded people who have good intentions, who know how it is to be in healthcare and who want to be there for one another. Mm -hmm. So that's what I try to do, surround myself with people like that. I pray 
Mm -hmm. I pray to God just for guidance, for help, for wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I, I try to meditate. I live in Seal Beach, California. I'm a few blocks from the pier and the ocean. So what I like to do is take daily walks to the pier. Mm-hmm. And I like to have my coffee and I like to meditate. I, I might just do that right now, actually. Sounds good. So, so <laughs> I wish uh, I was there. <laughs> yeah. So I like to meditate. I used to volunteer crisis counselor before COVID for just four hours a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm very passionate about mental health and suicide prevention yeah. because it hits close to home, not just for myself, but friends that have died by suicide. So when COVID hit, I couldn't continue that on because I needed my own kind of therapy and my own support. Mm-hmm. So I'm a firm believer mm-hmm. that you can't help others heal if you're not healed yourself. 100%. So just make sure, take care of yourself first before trying to take care of others. The intention is there, but both of you are in need of help in reality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I try to just take care of myself so that I, when I go to work, I'm hundred percent focused on the patient, whether it's baby, pediatric, adult, mm-hmm. and number one, okay. so I can support my team, my coworkers. Yes. So um, that's what I do. <laughs> I like to pray. I like to go to church when I'm off and mm-hmm. yeah, you can never ever underestimate the, the value of true friendship. Yes. So for me, my friends are like family. I don't really have family. I live alone. Mm -hmm. So going through hard days at the hospital, especially during COVID and coming home to an empty apartment, is not really ideal for a Mm -hmm. healthcare worker. Mm -hmm. So the way I got through it was people like you, Grace, you text me, hey, if if you ever need someone to talk to, I'm here. My Mm -hmm. other friends, my coworkers, just good people. It's amazing. I write quotes on my Instagram. And one of the quotes I wrote is the right company changes everything. Mm -hmm. You can be going through a horrible situation, but if you have the right company with you, it's not going to make it go away. But I I guarantee that it will make it a lot less ugly than what it is having the right people by you. That's right. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. If you're, into, if, you, yeah, <laughs> if you're into quotes, that's mainly what I post. My Instagram is Alan Q mm-hmm. Chronicles. Mm-hmm. So I should pop up Alan Q Chronicles. I just post nothing but quotes and mm-hmm. every now and then some pictures. But yeah, that, that's what I do for self-care. I try to just meditate, surround myself with friends, good people. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, just pray, get close to God, because without right. God, I'm I'm nothing, you know, mm-hmm. and I firmly believe I'm high risk um, mm. from di- for dying if I ever caught COVID. Mm. I have a lot of lung problems throughout my life, pneumonia, mm-hmm. asthma, and I assisted in multiple, multiple intubations and with positive COVID patients. Our ratios were like 20 to 1, 11 to 1 therapists. Wow. wow. And just through the grace of God, somehow I never got COVID. Mm-hmm. And I worked with COVID positive people for over a year. I still do recently. I, I had mm-hmm. COVID patients. Yeah. So yeah, God is amazing. And I think I got to give him the glory. That That's how I get through the days, the rough times. Mm. Well, I couldn't have said it any better. And I think in the work that I do as a coach, I ask people to find what it is that they perceive to be <clears throat> self-care. And the thing is, is we really can't care for ourselves. We need to be within community We need to be around people who, like you said, like-minded and who you feel safe with and can kind of talk trash with and talk Uh, medical stuff with without having to explain like, 
with family, they don't understand yeah. if they're not in healthcare. I've seen people die from COVID and I've held their hands mm. until they died, you know, just so they wouldn't die alone. So yeah. I do have some PTSD. I recognize that. Mm. So whenever I wake up with a little raspy throat, it's out of my control. My body will start having anxiety, like an anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. oh. So, so it is a real thing. You get mm -hmm. me? So mm -hmm. when I wake up and have an, like before we started the podcast, <clears throat> I couldn't catch my breath and I had a little raspy throat that mm. automatically I can't help but to think, mm. do I have COVID? Do I have COVID? Mm. Regar regardless of the vaccine, it doesn't really bring, I don't feel that safe just because of um, the amount of death. 2020 was a year of death for me. I saw death after death after death after death, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember people dying with their eyes open and me closing their eyes, just like you mm. see in a movie. Mm. And yeah, it's traumatizing. And you were As there ever. when family couldn't be there. My mom died of COVID in March of last year. And obviously we couldn't be there. And she was in the ER. I was praying that someone like you would be there to either close her eyes or to hold her hand because we couldn't be there. I think that was the most devastating for me as a nurse to not be there for my mom and yeah. I've been caring for her. So thank yeah. you for being the hands and feet of family who wish they could be there and couldn't be there. I yeah. would want someone to hold my hand. Yes. So yeah. I only did what I would want someone to do for me or my loved one. That's what I did. Well, I'm about to cry <laughs> on our very first <laughs> podcast. That touches, that, that touches my heart so much in ways that you can't even imagine. And, you know, being a nurse, certainly I've been there to be the last person to be with a baby as they were dying. And I get that. Well, I am honored to know you, Alan, because just from the first time we saw each other on Zoom and for our listening audience, we've actually never physically met. We've only ever yeah. <laughs> met on Zoom. So <laughs> it's really hey. kind of funny how close we've gotten just by Zoom. I know from New right. York to from New York <laughs> to LA, from from the west side <laughs> to the east side. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, <laughs> Alan, I can't tell you how grateful I am that you've chosen to be on my very first podcast the perfect person to kick us off thank you for being that voice for all the RTs in the world so thank you again and I hope you have a great walk on the beach it's my pleasure Grace